So I've made it to an empty, echoey Union Road now. So let us turn to Psalm 84 this evening. And you'll see from the very get-go that it is written by the son of, sons of Korah. And they have written about 12 Psalms. And it's ascribed to this Levi family who were descendants of a, a rebel leader, but they were spared themselves. And they are the writers of Psalm 42 and 43, which we started off with. And one part of this family were singers and musicians, and others, well, First Chronicles tells us in chapter 9, they became doorkeepers and guardians. In verse 17, that the, they were responsible for guarding the thresholds of the tent, just as their father had been responsible for guarding the entrance to the dwelling of the Lord. And the sons of Korah arranged worship for people and they maybe ushered people in and out during those incredibly busy days where there are festivals at the temple. It was almost as if you were like a football steward at a match where you get to see the match, to enjoy the match, to be in all of that atmosphere and you have your seat. It is secure and it is safe. You don't need to go find your seat because you are in it, you are there and you're ushering people in. And well, it's a wee bit like that for the doorkeepers. They usher everybody in, but yet they're still there and, and able to enjoy with the festivities. But as we read Psalm 84 throughout it, there is a theme of longing. Isn't there a longing to be in God's house, to be in God's presence, longing to be at home? And for us, well, longing to be in our forever home. Whenever I did that camp in America, the first year I looked after boys aged four to six, they came for a week, stayed at camp, and it was a disaster in terms of homesickness. Every night there must have been tears, or every day, and you knew you were off to a bad start, and everything you were crying. The whole way in the bus, when they were dropped off, you were told that they just spent their time bawling their eyes out for five, six hours in the bus. And then we had to look after them for a week. And what did we do? We maybe got them to write a letter home or to tell us about home or maybe to distract them from home. Others, not me, let them phone home. That only left a more problems, more longing to be at home. And... The kids are really no different than some of us. Whenever we have a really busy day, sometimes we just long for home. We just want to go home. And this psalmist just longs to go to God's home, to be in God's temple. And Psalm 84, it's a wonderful psalm. It fills us with joy and delight. It warms our hearts because we are seeking to be in God's presence. So let us walk through this psalm together. Firstly, a longing to be in God's house. Verses 1 through to 4. The psalmist begins in love. This psalm has the markings of love all over it. It is love poetry. How lovely he begins is your dwelling place. And well, God's dwelling place was lovely. The, the metals, the wood, the colours, it was beautiful. But I don't think the psalmist means the architecture of the building was beautiful. But the temple was lovely and beautiful because that is where God dwells. He clearly has an affection for being in God's house. 
And this love, he continues with his emotions in the verse 2, doesn't he? My soul yearns, I faint, my heart and flesh cry out. He is missing being in God's presence, being in God's house. That longing and fainting results in him crying out. His like being longing to be with someone you love. Longing to be with someone and it hurts to be apart. And I, I guess we're getting a sense of that now a little bit. Maybe some of us had a family away and we longed to be with them. But over the last weeks we have longed to be together. We might be longing to see friends and family. And for the psalmist, he is longing to be in the place where God dwells. He longs to be in the temple in God's presence. He longs to be worshipping God. It is like that Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water, as my soul pants for you. There is a spiritual longing within the psalmist. He has longing to be worshipping God in God's temple and in God's presence. Of course, we have no temple to go to now. God's presence isn't in the Comfort Church building or in Union Road Church building alone, but he's in each of us through faith in Jesus by the power of his Spirit. God is in us. He is in his church, the body of Christ. And are you not longing, just like the psalmist, to come and worship God together? The psalmist he does appear to be away from the temple and he longs to get back to it. We are away from what we call our meeting houses where we meet together and we praise God together, worshipping him together and we long to be here again. There is no other place on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening I'd rather be than worshipping with you. There's no place during the week I would rather be than worshipping with you, praying with you, teaching you so that you would know the glory and love of Jesus. He longed to be with God's people because we longed to be in the presence of God. He longed to be singing praise as God's people together in his presence. And how we are engaging at the moment, although distant and apart, shows how much we long to be worshipping God together. When we are absent from when God's people meet from church, it shows our hunger and thirst for his word. Oh, I long to be with God's people singing and praising together because as we sing and worship together, it is a foretaste of God's house, of that new heaven and new earth where we all be singing in one voice together. For to go to the temple is to seek the presence of God. And although the temple for the psalmist cannot hold God, it is the place where he is found. And that temple is just a copy of heaven, our forever, forever home, and one day we will be there through Jesus. For blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you, says the psalmist. We, need, we long for God. We long to praise God. To be with God's holy people.
gathered together praising him. Samus calls those people blessed. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Samus knows it is an incredible blessing to be with God's people worshipping him and for a moment that is taken away from us. But we, like the psalmist, long to be back. And the psalmist longing to be back in God's house is shown again in verse, in verse 3. Again with this like love language, even the sparrow. It's almost a hint of envy or jealousy that something is so close to God that I want to be in their place. The sparrow has a home. The swallow has a nest where in God's temple. The birds have found their sanctuary within the sanctuary of God in God's temple. And God has a place for the sparrow and the swallow, the psalmist says. God cares for them. God cares for us. If God cares for things that seem worthless and insignificant, he cares about you. There is a place for the sparrow and the swallow in God's house and there is a place for us. It can be hard at times, but we'll see later to keep going. And perhaps in this there's a sense of God's infinite power and majesty because Jesus would say that not a sparrow falls to the ground without the Father knowing, not without being out of God's care or hand. The weakest and the most vulnerable are cared for, and that is of great comfort to us. As the psalmist, he envies the birds who are able to be close to God. We might be envious of people who can be near their families or who are near the north coast and could walk there whenever they wanted over the last number of weeks. The psalmist is jealous because the birds live close to God. And well, God cares for us. The psalmist is bursting with praise, more than just wanting to go there. But the psalmist is earnestly seeking God's holy presence. He is longing for God. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of God. And this longing to be in God's house leads to, secondly, in verses 5 to 7, a journey to God's house. If you could go anywhere, any place, where would you go to? Where is it that you would love to see or travel to? Some of you might instantly pick one of these natural wonders of the world. You might go to the Grand Canyon or the, the Great Barrier Reef, or maybe to some idyllic beach somewhere to pick your feet up and get a tan. Other, others might choose a sporting occasion or history enthusiasts might desire to go visit a historical site or maybe a trip to Israel to see some of the biblical sites or maybe it's just simply to see friends or family and some more enthusiastic might want to travel to the moon. Well for the psalmist the place that he longs to go to is God's house. And it is a journey to the temple that we see here. And the psalmist, as he begins this journey to the temple, he knows where his strength comes from. He knows where the desire within his heart comes from. It is God. 
Blessed are those whose strength is in you. It is God who gives him the strength to keep going. Even when he is longing and fainting, whenever his heart and his flesh are crying out, God gives him strength to keep going, to keep going on his journey of faith. Because to be in the temple is to experience God's blessing. And to be on the road there is to be blessed as well. The genuineness of our faith is seen in how we are pursuing God. Where we find our strength, we find it in God for this journey. But of course this journey, it is not without its difficulties, sure it's not. And the psalmist knows that. They have set their hearts in the pilgrimage to God's presence. But in verse 6, they pass through the valley of Baca. Maybe a valley in Palestine, but Baca means weeping. When we walk or journey through the valley of weeping, and we have been there, a place of sorrow and weeping, a place of great sadness and a heavy heart, but for God's people going through this valley of Baca, there is hope. Because this valley appears to be a dry place. Because what happens is when they travel through Baca, they make it a place of springs. These pilgrims, as they walk through the valley, they delight in the valley as if it was watered. As if it was full of pools of water and covered in them. The valley of Baca, of weeping, is an opportunity for us to experience God's faithfulness more deeply. Walking through that, keep walking towards God and not away from him. When we are walking through the valley of weeping, we keep going towards God because he is our hope and our strength. The psalmist on his journey, verse 6, in the place of sorrow and weeping. But their barren, hurting hearts are, and souls are transformed. They have blessed hearts. Their hearts are refreshed by God in anticipation of what lies ahead of them, of what might happen, what will happen in God's presence. That God will restore them. That the valley is no longer dry, but it is wet. It is spring, full of springs. Their hearts are refreshed by God. Whenever we walk through the valley of Baca, Baca, where does our strength come from? How do we deal with life right now? Many try to find strength within themselves. Many try to learn to love themselves. It's a phrase I heard this week during the news. But to endure Baca, to walk through that valley, we rely on God. That is our strength. God will help us in those times. The very thought of worshipping God allows them to keep going. The thought of us worshipping God in his presence allows us to keep going. Because this just acts as an illustration of what will happen when they arrive at the temple. They will find spiritual refreshment. 
And they will come to God's house and they will go from strength to strength because they know what lies ahead. The journey is not tiresome and wearisome and a drag, but it is life-giving. It is exhilarating in many ways because of God's grace that we go from strength to strength as we get closer and closer to dwelling with God. They have love fixed upon God's temple, upon God's presence. They cannot stop thinking about it throughout their journey to their forever home, to home. They aren't wandering aimlessly through life, but deliberately heading for God's presence. And when they get to God's house, in verses 8 and 9, they have a prayer in God's house. He says, Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. The psalmist prays. Maybe having arrived into the temple, he prays. There have been many different studies or polls over the last number of weeks. And one of them suggests that uh, prayer has been uh, incredibly more Googled than ever before. It's been suggested that people are praying more than ever before. And well, I'm not quite sure what the population are praying to or for. But as God's people, we do. And we know our prayers are heard. As Lord God Almighty, he can both hear our prayer and answer our prayer. And look as we pray, as the psalmist prays to God. He asks God to not look upon me, the psalmist. Don't look upon me. Lord, look to our shield. Lord, look to your anointed one. Not anointed one, Messiah. New Testament translated Christ. The psalmist prays, look to Christ, not to me. Look to our shield, Jesus. Because Jesus is our shield. As it is used for protection for a, a warrior or soldier, our King Jesus protects God's people. The psalmist prays that this anointed one to come would show grace and favour. You know, look with favour. It is used to you know, indicate a blessing and grace. It's a prayer for the Messiah to have grace. Have grace as this king who will bring grace to his people. And we know this is Jesus. And as God looks to us, he doesn't see us. Because Jesus is our shield and God looks to Jesus and his righteousness and not ours. Because oh, we journey through the valley of Baca, through life, we stumble, we trip up and we fall. We cannot do it in our own strength, but in God's strength. And we trust in Jesus. And God sees his righteousness rather than ours. Because we don't have righteousness. We have unrighteousness. And Jesus protects us. 
Jesus takes that wrath that we deserve. Jesus extends grace to us. He is our saviour and he is the one that we pray through. No wonder the psalmist prays this way that God will look on favour on his anointed one because that King Jesus would be defender, protector and saviour for God's people. And finally, the psalmist shows us that God's house is the place to be. God's house is the place to be. Verses 10 to 12, we see the joy of being in God's house or what we can anticipate it will be like. One day in God's house is it better than a thousand anywhere else. It's better to be a doorkeeper in God's house than anywhere else. To be have permanent residence in the temple of the wicked. It is better to be the mere usher, the doorkeeper, the lowly servant. The psalmist knows the temple, God's presence is the place to be. The psalmist knows that place is where the rubber hits the road in terms of faith. Whenever people are coming and going to the temple in worship, that is where we need to be serving and doing, where the rubber hits the road in God's word, where it is discussed, we need to be there, where there is prayer, we need to be there, where there is praise, we need to be there because we long to be in our forever home because we know it's part of the journey because God's house is a place to be. Don't let us get confused in life with what is better. You know, there's people who say, well, that's a better dad or that's a better car, etc. Don't let us don't let us get confused with what is better. Serving and being with God's people is better than the places I can go to or the people I can see. It is better for us to be a servant for God than seek to achieve things in this world. To dwell in the tent of the wicked. Don't get confused with what is better. It is being a servant. One day, the psalmist tells us, in God's courts, is better than anything else. Let's look at our lives and think, what do we prioritize as better? The psalmist says he'd rather be near the action as doorkeeper than live comfortably in the tent of wickedness. And the psalmist continues in praise and worship. And verse 11, we see what God is like. We see what God gives and what we are to do. What is God like? Well, he is a sun and shield. That God gives us light and life. That he is a shield that he protects us as his people. And what does he give us? The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold. Our Heavenly Father does not withhold one thing from us in his eternal presence. We get a glimpse of what worship is like whenever we gather together. And well, who gets that blessing? It is those who walk uprightly. Those who live by faith, 
His faith is genuine and trust in Jesus that leads them to do what God's will is. For only then, when we trust in Jesus, will our homesickness be over. Only when we get into God's presence in eternity, the new heavens and the new earth, will our homesickness be over. Because the psalmist finished with, O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. He is blessed because God does not withhold one good thing from him. God shines down with beaming grace. The temple, the church buildings that we have, they are not visitor attractions, but a place where God's glory is shown and his praise is sung. There is so much stuff online. Make sure you listen a place where God's word is explained and God is worshipped, not the church or the preacher or what they do, but praising and preaching Jesus. The psalmist longs to be in God's house. He delights in it. And this pilgrimage, this journey to God's house, it is so worth it. Temple is the end of the psalmist's journey, being in the presence of God. He longs to be in God's house, longs to be in his presence, and so do we. As we work through the psalm, there are three blessings in this psalm. In verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. In verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you. In verse 12, Blessed is the man who trusts in you. We should be delighting to come to worship. And especially as it has been taken away from us for a while, we ought to be longing, crying out, that we aren't able to come together to sing God's praise. Because we know that we are blessed when we are in God's house worshipping together. We are blessed when we trust him for our strength. We know we are blessed whenever we trust in Jesus. So we can sing God's praise. What about you? Are you crying, longing to be in God's presence? Are you homesick? Homesick from God's presence, not just in church, but that eternal forever home. Is your heart broke that you cannot sing praise to God with his people? That you can't pray or aren't praying with God's people. Find your strength in him. Keep going through the valley of Baca. Longing for his presence. Longing for that little taster of heaven when we meet together. Pointing us to eternity. Where God will bestow favour and honour. Where no good thing is withheld from us. We've got a huge list of things withheld from us at the moment, don't we? but not in our forever. It is an incredible privilege to be invited into God's house because that is where he dwells and we are invited into God's presence. So let us look forward to a better day where we can be in God's presence forevermore singing his praise.